This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Thank you for everyone that has tuned into 52 Weeks of Hustle so far. I've had a lot of fun sitting down with industry leaders. In addition, I've written a book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales. It's a playbook to being elite in the sports business industry. Whether you're looking to get in this business or you already are and you're looking to continue to grow your career, I believe this book can be beneficial for you. The paperback and ebook versions are now available. Check out 52weeksofhustle.com. Thank you in advance and enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle presented by Event Dynamic. Event Dynamic specializes in maximizing revenue and increasing attendance. I'm Travis Apple and I'll be your host of this podcast. I've been fortunate to spend my entire career in the sports sales industry and I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to not only those individuals that want to get in this business, but for those individuals that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name, each week. I'm going to have the opportunity to sit down with industry professionals to talk about their career path, what it takes to be successful, and ultimately a few key takeaways for you to apply to your everyday. Without further ado, our guest this week. Very few individuals in this business can say they have worked in six different leagues in their career and currently oversee all ticketing and strategy for four different leagues. Our next guest is one of those unique individuals, as I'm excited to have David Burke, EVP and Chief Ticketing and Strategy Officer for Kroenke Sports. David, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Travis. I really appreciate it. David, great to have you. Very excited for you to share your story and walk through your illustrious career. I know our listeners are going to be curious about all the leagues, so I'll hit on those right away. You've worked in your career in the NHL, NASCAR, NBA, MLS, AHL, and NLL. So, you know, as you look at that, David, what are some similarities when it comes to the business end across all of those verticals? No, it's a great question. I think uh, the, the main similarity is that, you know, there has to be a focus on the fan experience and, and not selling wins and losses. Um, you know, really, really focusing on, ensuring that from the very beginning of a customer going to your website or going to uh, where they purchase tickets all the way to leaving the building has to be the, the best experience because at the end of the day, you know, we're selling sports entertainment. We're not, you know, we're not selling water or air or anything else. That's a necessity. Um, and you have so much outside competition these days that, you know, specifically here in Denver, um, you know, one of our big competitors is the mountains. 
and people yep. going up to the mountains. So, you know, ensuring no matter what, what league it is, is that, you know, focusing on the fan experience and focusing uh, to ensure that people at the end of the day, when they go through the process of engaging with your brands, that uh, they have a positive experience. And I think that's great advice. You know, we've always talked about control what you can control. You're never going to be able to control wins and losses. A lot of times you're interviewing not to be the goalie or the starting pitcher or the starting point guard. So certainly control what you can control. And, you know, you mentioned similarities. Are there any differences or what are some of the differences amongst, you know, across the leagues? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely differences. Uh, you know, resources is, is one of them. You know, the NBA has a, a ton of resources uh, where if you look at, um, you know, the AHL, not, not as many. Um, you look at, at NASCAR and, and you're not selling a specific team. Uh, you're, you're just selling a venue. Um, you know, there's, there's 40 racers every week that, that have a chance to win. And, and it, that would be mainly the only, the only difference is, you know, everywhere I've been, there's been a specific team that you're, that you're selling or that you're, you're behind and, and that you're promoting. And, and, uh, in NASCAR, you're definitely, uh, more focused on the venue and, and the experience of the race and not necessarily a, a specific driver. No, absolutely. So so and some additional quick advice for the listeners, David. Throughout your journey, you've been around a lot of very successful people, have hired some great talent. So what are some key characteristics you're always looking for regardless of what league you're hiring for? Yeah, I'm sure this is going to be regurgitated, but, um, you know, number one, hardworking, you know, they – individuals can, you can always control outworking somebody, um, having a positive attitude, you know, coming into the, into the office and, and, and maintaining a positive attitude, especially in sales where you can get beat up on, um, you know, gone are the glory days of when I was making cold calls and you make a hundred calls and 90 people would answer the phone. Now it's, you make a hundred calls and you're lucky if one person answers the phone. So, you know, maintaining that positive attitude, um, having leadership, and, that, and that's not necessarily uh, by telling people what to do. It's, it's leading by example. Um, you know, again, we talked. You talked earlier about the controllables. You know, controlling what you can control, and and having good leadership values. Um, a passion for the industry. Um, you know, I don't want somebody to to come and and work because it's going to be cool to tell their friends. Yes, that's an added bonus, but a real passion to, to accelerate their career in sports and then specifically in, in sales. Um, you know, it, too, too many professors are, are telling people to get their foot in the door by going into inside sales. And, and I personally do not agree with that. I don't, I think inside 100%. sales is a great way to get into sales and service. Um, and, and too often uh, people are coming in that don't want to be in sales, they get burned out. It's not good for them. It's not good for the company. So having that true passion uh, for, for your craft. And then the last thing is open to learning. Like a lot of the best ideas that I've heard have come outside of our department uh, because they're not, they're not uh, thinking with their blinders on. So, um, you know, having that open to learning and trying things a new, new way and stepping outside your comfort zone. I think those are, those are the five key characteristics, which, Again, I'm sure been regurgitated on this many times with uh, our good friend Mike Toman doing a doing a lot of the uh, you know the development of of leaders in in sports. So, yeah, I mean, you certainly mentioned the regurgitation and you know 
for our loyal listeners of 52 Weeks of Hustle. That's why I always like to, to ask that question about what characteristics people are looking for because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. And, you know, there's, there's literally, as you know, we've been in the business a long time, five to seven characteristics that every single person's going to say. And if there's anything else to take away from this podcast is like making sure you have that passion, that work ethic, that coachability, you know, the, the ability to just get after and get things done. So absolutely. So David, as you sit in your chair today at Cronky Sports and Entertainment, you're responsible for developing and executing corporate strategic initiatives that drive revenue for the Denver Nuggets, Colorado Avalanche, Colorado Rapids, Colorado Mammoth, the Pepsi Center, Dick's Sporting Good Park, Paramount Theater, 1ST Bank Center, and uh, wow, I'm just tired uh, of reading this, so I can only imagine what your day looks like. So why don't you give the listeners just a quick glimpse into your day-to-day, you know, and overseeing all those initiatives. Yeah, for me, I'm I'm extremely lucky. Like, I I focus on something different, not only every day, but hour by hour, and um, more blessed that that we've got an amazing crew here, and, and um, you know, we basically are, are prioritizing what's what's important on a on a day to day basis, especially during um, you know this pandemic. And um, you know, for me, there there is no there is no blueprint of what I focus on every day. It, it's really you know at the end of the day, making sure that we're we are as a company making decisions that put us in the best position to drive revenue, no matter where that sits, you know, it could be with our radio stations. It could be with our TV station. It could be in ticketing and, and hospitality. It could be in partnership marketing. Um, you know, at the end of the day, how are we best going to provide a service um, that people will see value in and continuing to do business with us? So, you know, for me, there is no real day-to-day blueprint. It's, it's kind of all over the place, which, which I enjoy and, um, you know, people that work for me know that I get distracted easily. So that, that kind of keeps me, uh, keeps me going every day. And I need, I think that's something that's key in this business is willing to pivot, right? That there's always going to be curveballs, and certainly the pandemic's one of them, but in general, every day you're going to have a curveball. So you gotta be willing to pivot. And, you know, I know a lot of listeners as, as you're sitting there talking and certainly me explaining all of your roles seems like a lot, but you're doing all of them. So how you talk about efficiency and effectiveness, how are you structuring your day and continuing to be efficient and effective throughout? Yeah, I think specifically to right now, um, it's a, it's evaluating the priorities from, from each department head. Cause you know, we all think our, our priorities are number one, you know, evaluating those priorities and, and putting them in order uh, to then communicate to, uh, to our executives um, who at, at the end of the day are making the decisions and, and clearly communicating, you know, why somebody's top priority might not be a top priority for the organization. But, um, you know, we've got a lot going on. Uh, we've got leagues making announcements kind of on the fly. We've got fans outside at, at Dick's Sporting Goods Park or no fans, you know, inside do we have fans or no fans, you know, this is so fluid. So really it's, it's, uh, you know, evaluating on a daily basis, what are the priorities on, on getting decisions made and, and trying to elevate those up uh, and get decisions made because they're not only getting hit by me, they're getting hit from across uh, the entire organization. So if we can get one, two or three decisions made, um, that's a huge win for us. And, and, and again, evaluating and, and elevating those priorities right now is kind of the big focus for me. Makes sense. And so as you continue to evolve in your career, and you certainly got promoted quite a bit, and even a couple times there with Kroenke, what's been your biggest adjustment overseeing multiple verticals of the businesses? 
Um, no off season, that's for sure. <laughs> um, and, uh, and that work-life balance, right? Like, uh, you're always in season. You've always got games. You've always got, um, you know, auto renewal in place. You've always got a new sales campaign. You've, you, you've got a, a new messaging out there. Um, there are trades, there are acquisitions, there's all types of things. So, you know, maintaining that, you know, really having uh, a good work-life balance is, has been, was the first big challenge for sure. Yep. Um, and then, you know, uh, making sure that you're managing your day correctly. And, you know, we talk about those priorities. It's, it's really easy to get sucked down into the weeds and, and, and not focus on what you've kind of established as a priority because, you know, there are fires that you need to put out every now and then, but, you know, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot, but it is, uh, you know, for me, selfishly, it's, it's a ton of fun and, and, and working here is amazing. And, um, you know, being able to, to, to hire a lot smarter people than me, which, which is actually not that hard, but, um, <laughs> you, you know, don't, you don't give yourself enough credit. <laughs> you know, we, 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 I think we have the best leadership team in, in all of sports. And, you know, we talk about, um, as much as we all hate Alabama football, that's who we want to be. We want to be the Alabama football of, of sports entertainment where you trust us to come work with us. We develop you. Ideally we promote you internally. And if we can't promote you internally, we shouldn't be able, we shouldn't be afraid of losing our top talent to, uh, to promotions across the industry. So to me, that's who I want to be is the, the place where people put their trust in us that we're going to, that we're going to develop them. Uh, we're going to hone in their skills and, and, ideally stay internally, but if not, you know, propel their careers. Absolutely. And so, Dave, you've been in Denver now over eight years, continue to work your way up. What do you feel like you've done personally that you've been able to receive those several promotions and are now a big part of Kroenke's executive team? Uh, again, hire, hire a lot smarter people than me. You know, people <laughs> that, people that, you know, we, we've been, we've been very fortunate that we've been given the resources that we have that, um, people can wake up every day and focus on their specific brand. Uh, you know, we're there where the, uh, you know, the VPs and they're not having to worry about multiple brands. They can you know, wake up and put their avalanche hat on and only think about the avalanche and, you know, allowing them to think 30,000 feet rather than, you know, ground level and, and on a day-to-day basis. So again, for me, it's, it's all about being able to hire top talent um, from the, from inside sales and above. And, you know, I think we've done a, a good job of promoting internally and, and we haven't had to go external that much um, to find leadership and leadership positions. So, you know, to me, that's important is, is, is having that, that talented pool around you and, you know, trusting them to make decisions. Absolutely. You certainly built a, a great team out there. And it's no wonder you have, you know, so much responsibility because Kroenke alone, they also own the Los Angeles Rams, Arsenal FC, Arsenal WFC, the Los Angeles Gladiators, Los Angeles Gorillas, SoFi Stadium, Emirates Stadium, and much more. So given that you are on the executive team, how often are you communicating with some of the other executives from some of those properties? Yeah, so we, you know, we definitely communicate. I think more from our, our COO and our CFO, they are communicating on probably a daily, if not weekly basis with, with those, uh, with those um, heads of the business as well. And, 
you know, for us, if you look at our naming rights deal that we just launched with Ball Arena, it was it was leveraging our scale for the first time and, and doing a, a deal across multiple entities, you know, where where uh, Ball has assets in London, they have assets here in Denver with, with the naming rights, and they have assets in L.A. at SoFi Stadium. So, you know, for us, it, it's understanding how we can take advantage of our scale um, and starting to do that because, you know, we're, we're very unique in that we're not only multiple properties in in the U.S., but international as well. And, and how do we take advantage of that from a global perspective? No, oh, absolutely. It's got to be some very interesting conversations and meetings. And, you know, so specifically with, with Kroenke there in Denver, you've also helped bring in the 2015 MLL All-Star Game as well as the 2016 NHL Outdoor Games at Coors Field. So how was that experience for you? And, you know, I guess, was there any memorable meetings that you were a part of that you're like, why am I sitting in here? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think uh, it, it's a lot of fun to work with the leagues, right, and, and work on these amazing events. And I think I think the the most memorable meetings are, are the ones getting pulled in to let us know that, you know, we've won the bid to do this and kind of the excitement of doing something that's so unique like the outdoor game uh, at Coors Field or, or uh, the stadium series at Air Force Academy um, or, you know, the, the Nuggets going to London and playing. So, you know, getting pulled into that room and saying, great news, Zest, stay confidential, but this is what we've been approved to do. We, you know, we need to work on the P&L. We need to work on a ton of stuff, you know, how we're going to communicate it to the fans, how are we going to prioritize ticketing and all that type of stuff. Um, but the most memorable is kind of getting those goosebumps when, when you get pulled in by, you know, hockey ops or basketball ops and say, Hey, we're, we've been, we've been selected to do this. And, and, you know, you're, you're a big part of helping us launch it. So. No, it's gotta be exciting in addition to everything else you're doing on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, so if a listener is involved in selling multiple properties or leading multiple properties, what is the best piece of advice you would give them? Uh, trust your leadership team. Uh, you build a leadership team that you trust to make decisions uh, and, and give them that ability to make decisions. And uh, when they get it right, you make sure that you give them all the credit. And if for some reason it goes wrong, you're the first one to raise your hand and take the blame. Um, yep. But again, it's it's empowering those leaders to make decisions is, is so important. Um, I know during this time, it's a, it's it's a lot harder to empower people because of the unknown. But um, you know, it, to me, the most important thing is just empowering those leaders to make decisions. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, David Burke, EVP, Chief Ticketing and Strategy Officer for Cronky Sports. And you know, so now back to the beginning, David. You grew up in Houston, Texas. I understand you want to be a professional golfer growing up. Is that accurate? Uh, baseball player. Professional baseball player. All right. Yeah. So All I right. Get 
feel like I hit in the face uh, in high school, and I decided to take up golf after that. So okay, all right. So it's like it, it then turned. Now, are you do you still golf quite a bit? Uh, not with two kids, that's for sure. <laughs> that back to that work life balance. A little bit difficult to to plug in work plus golf, right? Yeah, exactly. I don't think if I have five hours of free time, the wife is going to be too excited about me going to the golf course. Yeah, she's not going to be thrilled about that. So, I guess looking back as you're growing up, what was an early job or memory that you have had that helped you lead down that sports and ultimately sales path? Oh man. Um, you know, for me, I think it's it's um, probably the experience of Hurricane Katrina. Um, you know, we uh, we were in New Orleans. Uh, obviously, I was their inside sales manager, and uh, you know, hurricane hit completely devastated New Orleans, um, and we had to relocate the franchise to Oklahoma City in 40 days. And you talk about wearing multiple hats and, and doing things like counting seats and tagging seats and, and basically working from 7 a.m. to 11, 11 p.m. Uh, of just trying to get the franchise up and going. But, um, you know, a lot of lot of great people were part of that um, and stepped up. And, um, you know, we worked directly with the NBA league office to get that franchise up and running. But, you know, it was it was – it was a difficult time in, in managing people, not only on a professional level, but a personal level. You know, a lot of people lost everything, their homes, their clothes, their cars, everything. And, you know, trying to maintain that balance of a, of a uh, work relationship and a personal relationship, understanding, you know, what they're going through. Um, you know, I think, I think uh, it, it definitely catapulted my career and, and helped me exponentially. No, absolutely. And so you know, certainly growing up in Houston, you know, you probably thought, hey, I'm going to be in sports, but you had no idea you'd ever have to, to deal with a catastrophic you know, event like that. And, and so as, as you're growing up and ultimately you head to College of Charleston, you receive your degree in corporate communications. Was there something in college or even as, as you decided to go to College of Charleston and said, you know what, I'm going to solidify my career path. I want to get into sports. I want to get into sales. So it's funny. I always knew I wanted to be in sales just because of the competitive nature. Uh, you know, my dad, my dad and a lot of my uncles uh, and aunts were, were in the sales, were in a sales role. And just to me, the, the competition and, and um, the aspect of basically controlling your own destiny. Um, and one of my best friends was like, well, you should look in sports. I've got a buddy that works for the Dallas Stars and, you know, sells tickets and, you know, me being kind of naive, uh, I just assumed that was like out a window, you know, yeah, right, right. The window and taking tickets, and, uh, selling tickets. So, um, you know, as I looked more and more into it and, and saw the opportunities and started talking to people, um, you know, I, I went down and met with Colin Faulkner, who's now with the Chicago Cubs. And, you know, he, he was the one who, who gave me a chance and hired me into sports. So, He's kind of to blame for all this. So. <laughs> you know, so as, as you're getting out of college and you, you mentioned you're, you started there, ended up starting with the Dallas Stars. But even prior to that, you, you mentioned something there that, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize is, you know, you said, I've always wanted to be in sales. Most people, they end up falling into it a little bit. You know, so was there something growing up, whether it be your, from your parents' perspective or did you have some sort of sales job growing up that you're like, this is why I want to do it because I, I am so competitive? No, you know, again, to me, it was just, 
the more and more I was doing research of what I wanted to do after college, you know, my dad owned the company and, and, you know, I would just talk to him about, you know, where he thought my personality and, and skill sets w- would be beneficial. And it just kept falling into that. Look, I love talking to people. Um, you know, this work from home thing that started was super difficult for me at first because I love engaging with people, interacting with people. And, you know, it's very hard to read a room when you're on a conference call. Um, right. So to me, it was just kind of, hey, these are your skill sets. You should definitely be in sales. And and then again, more, more and more I researched and, and found out that I could do something that I think I'm going to be good at in an industry that I'm super passionate about. Um, it just, for me, it was kind of a no-brainer. No, absolutely. So, David, right out of college, you end up, to your point, you start working with the Dallas Stars. You then move on to selling for Texas Motor Speedway. So, knocked out two of the two of the leagues right away. What were some of your early learnings in your young sales career that you still apply to your day-to-day? Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, product knowledge, number one. Um, you know, went in and one of my first calls – you know, had not done any type of research, actually was not even an NHL fan at the time and uh, got a person on the phone and, you know, they kind of railed into me about a trade we made and, and I just started making things up and <laughs> just got handed to me and uh, got off the phone and people around me were laughing because I, you know, I said, Hey, we're going to do a, a great job. We're really excited about this rookie, um, Steve Ott, who um, didn't play defense, who was the guy I was saying he would replace. So He would replace him? Yeah, so product knowledge, number one, uh, yeah. you know, knowing your product, understanding it, um, knowing what people are, are um, you know, pushing back on, but product knowledge, number one, for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's what we always talk about, right? You got to be an expert of the product to be able to sell it. And I was the same way when I first started and had a job with the Atlanta Thrashers. I had never been to an NHL game. I knew nothing about hockey, but it's like you got to be have a passion for your craft and learn about it. And you then from those two stops, you then get into leadership. You talked about you know kind of the the crazy story of the Hornets and the, the relocation to Oklahoma City, and you spent some time in Orlando helping out with that. But you know, as you decided that that next stop was leadership, you then go from there to go on and lead with the Charlotte Bobcats as well as the Phoenix Coyotes. How did you know you wanted to get into leadership? Uh, I I just I love development. I, you know, it's, it's my favorite job in sports has been inside sales manager. Um, and maybe because we had a, a great crew in New Orleans. Um, but, you know, to me, it's always been about, it, to me, leadership is almost like sales. You, you develop that relationship. You talk to them about why it's important to, to do things a certain way. Um, but to me, it was all about development and, and honing in on, on people's skill sets uh, developing those relationships and, and just pushing them forward. And um, that's, that really was, was what put me into leadership. And uh, as you know, like you make a lot more money selling than you do in leadership. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Uh, you know, that was, deal that was, was a lot a, less stress at times. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like at times I'm a better politician than I am a leader. So, um, you know, for me, it was just the, I love developing those relationships and, and, and um, just focusing on people's skill sets. And, and that to me was, was super enjoyable and, and the path I decided to take. 
No, absolutely. And so, you know, as as you're a salesperson, a lot of our listeners are are in that sales chair right now or want to be in that sales chair. When it takes that step to leadership, you kind of, you know, probably threw out some people that are like, whoa, like I don't make as much money. Wait, I, you know, I've got to deal with this. But what are some key things that advice for you, for the listeners that are in that chair that think they want to need a leadership? What should they focus on right now? Um, understanding that you cannot manage every person the same way and every everyone does not want to be managed how you want to be managed. Like to me, I just wanted to be told what I was doing wrong. I didn't, I didn't want the attaboys or anything like that. To me, it was always, okay, you should be doing X, Y, and Z to get even better. And some people don't react well to that. Some, some people need positive reinforcement. Um, some people just are motivated by money. Some people are motivated by leadership opportunities. Others are motivated that they can, you know, they can, have a great work-life balance and not have to deal with some of the internal uh, politics and policies, but you know, really understanding and, and observing how to manage different personalities. Cause uh, again, if you have 10 people in a room, all 10 people are going to want to be managed a little bit differently. So understanding that and going in and, and not having that mentality of, okay, here's how I want to be ma- would want to be managed. So I'm going to, mm-hmm you know, just ingrain that in people. And that was one of my early mistakes as a, as a manager was just, you know, I was, I want, I just told people what they were doing wrong because that's how I wanted to manage. And, um, you know, Brendan Donahue is with the, uh, the NBA, um, you know, he was my director and kind of pulled me in and was like, you cannot manage every single person the same way. And, and there was a big, big learning for me of, of just understanding that you've got to invest in, in understanding your people and what motivates them. And you've continued to continue to be very successful in your leadership career. And you ultimately go on to be the VP of sales and service with the Phoenix Coyotes. And you, you then after that, after spending four years there, you take a little bit of an unusual path for some as you go to the AHL and become the president of the Houston Arrows of the AHL. And I think, you know, ultimately first, why was that the right move for you? Uh, for me specifically, I think it was being able to, um, get experience in something outside of ticketing and sponsorship, you know, to, to oversee everything basically on the business side. Uh, you know, all the, all the hockey decisions were made in Minnesota because the Minnesota wild, uh, owned us. Um, you know, so all the hockey decisions were made, were made up there, but you know, for me it was, you know, negotiating a, a rent with our practice facility and negotiating an extension with Toyota Center and the Houston Rockets and, you know, tapping into merchandise and, and ops and all that other type of stuff. So for me, it was and and to be honest, like Houston was home for me. So to right. be able to go in and, and um, manage that team and, and, and especially in, in my hometown, like it was a great opportunity. And, and to wear all those multiple hats, I think you know, helped me better understand how to work well with, with other departments because you start to realize like as much as we think ticketing and revenue is, is the number one focus that you need all these other areas to, to work well together in, in, in order for the machine to work properly. So to me, it, w- it was kind of a, a no brainer to get that experience. And, um, you know, we, uh, we did a relocation of the team to uh, Des Moines, Iowa, um, during that and being part of that uh, process of going exploring other cities to see, you know, where we could relocate the team 
I mean, that's just that's just knowledge that I would have never had the opportunity to do at a, at a bigger level. And I think that's the key is, right, there, there's all those different experiences that you would never get working at a, at a professional sports team because, you know, they've got the budget and the resources and the verticals that are staying in those silo lanes. But you know, all the experience you can get, there's no right or wrong path to take to, to be successful. And so, you know, David, this has certainly been great, uh, an awesome story for your career. And so to close it out, I'd like to put guests on our hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? Okay, I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) So I I understand you were once an extra in a movie. Can you walk us through that experience? Can you tell me who told you that? Uh, Can you walk the listeners through the experience and maybe I'll uh, divulge who who gave me some details? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) um, Fraternity Brother was in a movie, Summer Catch. With Freddie Prince? Yep, with Freddie Prince and Justin Beagle and Matthew Lillard and – um, yeah, he called me up and said, Hey, I know you play baseball. They're looking for extras who can actually throw a baseball and, um, you know, you can come stay with me free place. And, and it was an amazing summer. Believe me, like you're literally on set all day long and just kind of hanging out. And, uh, the, the, the funny part was that Freddie Prince did not know how to throw a baseball really? and it was, it was just comical watching him, do the pitching scenes. So, uh, but yeah. Where, where, did you, where did you spend this summer? Where was it taped? Uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. So right on the beach and, uh, you know, it was about the Cape Cod base, baseball league. And, yep. you know, I, my parents have a vacation home in Cape Cod in Chatham, which the team is about. So it was kind of crazy how it all came together, but, uh, but it was a lot of fun. So well, that's awesome. Well, one of your, uh, your old buddies, Chris Zaber, uh, mentioned that to me. Uh, so I, I felt like I had to throw it in there because that's a great story for, for not only me to hear, but all the listeners as well. I'm going to have to text him after this. <laughs> so if you could bring back any fashion trend, what would that be? Oh, wearing hats with suits. Like, you know, how, how uh, I forget what era it is, but, you know, everybody, all the all the men had, you know, a cool hat that the went cool, along. Oh, with yeah. You slicked your hair back and everybody had hat head and, you know, for I'm losing my hair, so I would love to be able to wear hats with suits again. So I, I love wearing suits, but like I don't even know if I could rock a hat, but I would love to bring it back. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah, I, I feel bad. You're fully suited, and I'm here in my uh, casual wear, chasing a two and a half year old and seven month old. So yeah, you're 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 more busy than I am. You know, I always say like I, one, I like to wear them, but two, I just want to make sure they still fit during this pandemic. <laughs> exactly. So you know, you you've obviously had a busy year, a, a busy thing a ton of stuff going on professionally. You mentioned two kids as well. Like what was the last thing on your bucket list that you've completed? Oh, having kids for sure. You know, had, had my second one right in the, the beginning of this March 22nd. So, um, you know, having kids definitely the, the, the next thing that I've, that I've checked off the, the bucket list for sure. So, and I'm two boys, so very fortunate, not that having a <laughs> girl would be bad, but Extremely fortunate to have two boys. Well, c- congrats again. And, David, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Uh, let's see here. I'd say, you know, listen carefully, right? Like there, people are going to come to you with ideas or, or challenges or problems and, and, and listen carefully. Um, understand, you know, we talked about just a second ago, understand that everybody is not managed the same way. 
um, and managing managing your people to their skill sets and, and how they want to be managed and how they want to be pushed um, and maintaining that work-life balance. I, I was and still not great at it, but was terrible at it. And, you know, definitely, uh, definitely, definitely should be a focus. You know, people talk about it, but um, having that work-life balance is important. No, absolutely. Great advice. You know, you know, I've always been told you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. You certainly should do twice as much listening as you do talking. And you're right. Not everybody's the same. Not everybody's path is the same. You've got to be willing to pivot. And, you know, having that personal professional growth plans and balancing is key. So, again, David, thank you so much. Great career journey you've had. I certainly appreciate your time and expertise and, and a pleasure to have you on here. Yeah, I appreciate appreciate you having me and stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you. You too. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thanks for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle presented by Event Dynamic. Please be sure to follow the podcast and watch on YouTube. We're also on Twitter and Instagram, so follow us at 52 Weeks of Hustle. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you can. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.